Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rugby Talks. I'm Keegs, and I'm back with Jacob this week. Hello. Yes, we're here. I'm back after a pretty big week in footy. Uh, pretty exciting to be here. Got to see my team get the win, the Cowboys over the Dragons. Yeah, so really feeling that. pretty fresh. <laughs> you put you put in a good effort. We'll, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Yes, will. Hundred percent. Um. So there's no podcast for what two weeks because life gets busy sometimes. hundred uh, percent. It's um. No, everything's been crazy with uni assignments for me. So I've just been like, just figure, okay, which what can I do? What can't I do? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I, I wasn't in town for two days last week, so there's nothing really I can do there. I tried to get something to organize, but I was too knackered. Yeah, no, you're on a footy trip and doing those things. Exactly, that was a fun time. <laughs> good to get a win. With the, good to get a win. It was good. Um, if you were at the game on Friday night, I was there. I met a cu- I met a couple of fans apparently, so that was good. <laughs> Um, that's always good. Yeah. Got to see the cows get a win. It was a good win. Um, what fantastic game. Uh, it was kind of a tale of two sides. I think, uh, the first half for the Cowboys, I think was absolutely brilliant. Um, it went up with the lead obviously, but it was, it was the way we did it. So looking at the way that our attack was kind of working, the, Possessions, they were going more towards that Dearden and Drinkwater form of attack. Uh, we saw Drinkwater play over to the right edge. That was just Drinkwater, but actually um, Dearden played to the right edge a lot. And he touched the ball 47 times as well. I think there were, for example, if you look at the Drinkwater try where he's running off the Hess offload, Hess was getting into space because of the um, short ball from Dearden. And... There was another thing from him that was over towards the left edge where he grubbed it on second, which was very ballsy. Um, but he, he saw something and he managed to pull it off. So he's he's looking very confident and it's great to watch. And Drinkwater support running as well has been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I think he, what did he have? His effort was great. It was a try, a try assist, 182 meters. That's five tackle busts. He was just, he was a man possessed. As he's come to be, I think, I think a lot of people, you look at Scott Drinkle and say he's, he's got to be towards the top, uh, the top end of fullbacks in the comp at the moment with his form. Well, look, with Pappenhausen now, I completely agree. Um, Pappenhausen is supposedly supposed to return this week against Broncos. Oh, God. The poor Broncs. <laughs> um, but it's... just on Tommy Deard, and I think him going to Origin Camp, that was like a so good for him because he got so much confidence. You know, he got to work with Greg Inglis, Cameron Smith, Josh Henney, Billy Slater, JT, five Queensland legends. And his confidence just grew. Um, same with Drinky. I think Drinky, he's a New South Wales. He's from New South Wales. So we're a bit poor there. Um, but people are chucking his name around for 14, Neil. Um, I just... I love Drinky, Neil. I, I was kind of off him at the start of the preseason, but I'm actually really upset that I missed that try because I was down like beneath the stadium doing stuff with the Cowboys, uh, like with my team. And we came back, I think seven minutes into the game and there, 
the Cowboys are just scoring, scoring a try. But I'm very happy that I got to uh, see Robbo's try. I love Robbo. Oh, that's fantastic. I think Robbo has been, he, he's easily one of the better hookers in the comp. I think there was a period last year where there were a lot of Cowboys fans that were saying, okay, are we going after Brandon Smith? Are we going after Brandon Smith? And I was really confused at the time because even in that side that was losing a lot, Reith Robson was showing a lot of promise, you know, with his dummy half runs, his just his general fitness, his defense up the middle was fantastic. And um, now it's just, it's getting better week by week. Uh, he's an absolute unit. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's massive. He makes all his tackles. Um, and most importantly, I think what's impressed me is just how crisp his service has actually been. You know, whenever Drinkwater or Dearden or Chad, if, if any of them think that they see something, you know, Robson, he, he trusts them. He goes to their side. You know, he doesn't try to be too cute about things. He trusts his playmakers enough to get it to them and he gets them right on the chest, quick spiral. And so they're able to go and do their jobs. He's just a fantastic link for the rest of the team. And his performance, once again, in defense was outstanding. You know, 50 tackles, two misses. That's... Holy hell. You know, so those, those are pretty impressive numbers that you see. So that's... When they really consult him. The players, like, before kickoff, they said that he was fourth for most tackles this season. I was like, wow, okay, yep. I didn't see that coming. I was like, people, even I underrate him. Um, yeah, well, the the best part is that he was actually doing that last year as well. Yeah. I, I'm i loving his dashes from dummy half. It's like, um, I think that's what hookers need nowadays. They need to have the that ability to dash from dummy half, get a quick play to ball for their full, full, their halves, so then they can just play off that. Harry Grant, of course, is notorious for that. Damien Cook, his beach sprinting is notorious for that. <laughs> um, yeah, beach sprinter Damien Cook. Tava Lolo has also been, like, positively doing that now as well. Um, he's he's still that guy who will bash through the middle, but he's ball playing a lot now too. Uh, that's like with Robbo's try. Um uh, Lolo runs it up to the defensive line, passes it off to Griffin Neem, and then Neem uh, breaks the tackle, gets an offload to Robbo, and Robbo just runs for like 50 meters and scores. Yeah, no, it's the ball playing of Jason Samalolo has been absolutely fantastic. Even against the Titans, there was a point in which he was the first receiver and kicked out to whoever was playmaker at the time. And that... That got to me because if Paul Green likes to play lots of very structural things with Tamalolo, but it wasn't in the extent of him actually engaging the line the way that he has lately, and especially you know you see how he's developed that offload. Uh, not not particularly that game, but like last game against the Dragons with a straight up ball playing, and you know let's see what well, he, he set up a line break, which I think that was the uh, one you were talking about from the yeah. Which that's your line break assists don't usually come from your guys like Jason Samalolo, and the fact that he's added that to his game is fantastic. Uh, what surprised me as well is that he played seventy four minutes. I think. Wow. Um, that's I I don't really buy into the narrative that Payton was ever restricting Samalolo's minutes because he was only averaging one less minute than he was under Paul Green. 
yet, you know, Fox League have kind of gone off and been like, oh, um, you know, Peyton isn't playing Tamalolo, yada, yada, whatever. Uh, but 74 minutes is incredibly high for even, you know, 2016 Jason Tamalolo, where he's the, the best ball runner in the game. I don't think he was playing that long there. So I, you know, 91 post-contact meters as well that game. I think you could almost make an argument that Jason Tamalolo is actually getting career best form, especially yeah, I, with this new skill set. I would 100% say that. Um, he's, I think he's one of the best second rows in the game again this year. Um, just fighting Locke. Yeah, Locke. Um, I don't know. People still consider second row and Locke to be the same kind of, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, but I wish I could say all these positives. Oh, one thing that was cows are lacking, though, and we said it um, before the show. Defense and attacking was starting to rear off, but like it's nothing too concerning. It's just like those little hiccups that they can easily fix out. I think at one point, one thing they need to uh, see and be like, oh shit, we can't let this slide against better teams is 41 missed tackles. Yeah. Um, I think I agree on that. We, there were a lot of missed tackles, but I think what impresses me is the way that we kind of missed tackles. Um, you know, it's not just constantly you leave. Yeah, it's exactly. It's next man up. It's as soon as someone misses a tackle, someone else gets straight back to see it. And it's not just, you know, on missed tackles, but it's also errors. I think the interception and line break from Jonathan Rubin was a really key moment that obviously Hayden was incredibly impressed by it in the post-match interview because there were seven people that came back. You boys were ecstatic in the Cowboys Discord about that. Oh, that was, that, considering last year, where it was things like that we never seen, yet for this time we had seven people, and not just anyone, but, like, it was props. Yeah. And not just, not just like, mobile props, like, we're talking about Griffin Neem, who's, like, an absolutely massive unit, and he's running back at the chase, Chad Townsend, who, he's, you know, he's not regarded for his athleticism. He's, he's sprinting down, he's cutting off the sideline against this enormous athletic winger. If anyone's watched Jonathan Rubin in Q-Cup, you know what he's capable of. Mm. So that's remarkable. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That Last year, that would have been an easy try for the other team, and we did things like that heaps. There was a Reese Walsh one, something like that, that we let in. Uh, where Manly. Keelan Luke was in pursuit. Yeah, Manly, they did heaps. Yeah, this year, we've, we're cutting them off. Yeah. Very happy with that. And uh, the Dragons, on the other hand... Um, oh, their mentality, holy shit. That Dude, was disgusting. I, that was, that, yeah, that's, look, man, you, if you play team sports, you know that if your teammate makes a mistake and they start yelling at you, the first thing going through your head is, I don't really want to be here. There's a um, few instances of that. There was, one, yeah, we have. Only, I think you can only see that one live. And for the people at the game, that I, I think you know what I'm talking about is with Maguire and Amboy. Could you see that on the video? I don't think so. so. I don't think so. Can you take us through it? So there was an instance where it was fifth and last. Dragons are on the Cowboys line. M buys at hooker. McGuire's at short side at second row. And for some weird reason, I think M by wanted to push the line over. And hopefully McGuire could crash through. So, um, but communication wasn't the greatest there. So M by gives it to McGuire. McGuire doesn't know what the hell to do with it. So he just tries to go over the line. But then 
they get a seven tackle, the Cowboys get a seven tackle set and tackle Maguire. And then after that, Maguire got up and started flipping into Embi. So, Jeez. yeah. And that's, the second one was, everyone saw this hey, one. Everyone saw that one. Lomax and Tata Maguire. Um, Did Lomax hit a kid in the crowd with that ball? <laughs> It wasn't the best of passes. Um, I was on the it was, opposite grandstand of that. I was like, did that hit someone? There was, <laughs> it was a pretty wayward pass, uh, but obviously Lomax's reaction to it, it, it looks like he was pretty disappointed in uh, Moya, which... Oh yeah, throw it above was, his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's, there's not really much Moya can do in that situation. And there were, there are a few moments like that where I think Lomax kind of tried to overplay his hand and then got really frustrated about it. Um, and that combined with the Maguire instance, you, you kind of just look at the team and you go, well, what, what's their culture like? What, you know, what's happening there? Because obviously, you know, we're not, we're not really flying on the wall there. We don't really know what's happening. All we can do is based on what's happening on the field. Yeah. Um, but what's happening on the field, you know, and that's just coming off last year where, a lot of questions were raised about the Dragons' culture uh, with the barbecue scandal. I have the funny story and... about this. I knew you were going to bring this up. I'm <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, but this is let's, so funny. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So, for anyone who watches, there's a giant screen at, like, the open end of the grandstand. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, is this, 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 is this the sign that someone bought? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My family was watching that while I was at the game and he said, and this, and I messaged him saying, there's a barbecue at Vaughny's, um, poster here. And it, we just thought they, they skipped the ray as fast as the flash. I'm like, that's, that was so laughing with my mates. It was so good. <laughs> that's one of the all time signs. Cause I think we need to, we need to do a post on the page about like really good signs people have had over the years. Cause that's, oh Lord, that's, there'll be a couple. Back when Willie Tonga was playing, you can imagine a few of them came out there. Um, oh jeez. <laughs> the barbecue and Vaughn's Yeah, very out of hand for Dragons fans. Um, well, one of these days, one of these days I want to go to a Cowboys game and when Deirdre's playing, just have a sign that just says awesome. <laughs> uh, get him on the uh, subreddit. He'll crack up. <laughs> Holy hell! Yes. He's such uh, a legend. If anyone hasn't seen him, by the way, go and check Cohen Hess's Instagram story. <laughs> Tom Tom Gilbert and Cohen Hess are very happy. To have Is that your new wallpaper, by the way? <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> to finish off this game, I just want to say um, I talked about him before the game. Ben Hunt, 78 touches of the ball. Wow. Um, that's a lot for a halfback. He's everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Um, I also thought Unknown played good in some instances. Um, the, what was it? It was the Moses Suli try. They're going LJ at the, at the right. Um, Unknown pushes the defensive line, holds the ball up. And then just does a short ball to Moses Suli and Suli pushes over. So that was, yeah, that was really good, um, from them that there is some glimpse of billionaires, billions from the dragons, but the one thing they need to improve on is their mentality, especially after this game, they verse 
Hang on, let me have a look. They drew it versus Souths Thursday night. That's ideally you'd hope it's a good opportunity to try and test something out. Yeah. I yeah. think it's as as for a lot of teams, it really is just one percenters. Yeah. One percenters team culture play for each other. You know, it's it's cliche, but it's it's true. Um, I think that is the overarching story of this round. Wouldn't you agree? One percent one percenters need to change in some teams. Uh this next yeah. game, Titans versus Bunnies. Uh we were speaking yeah. about this in the Discord. Titans. That was holy shit. That's yeah, that that was incredibly disappointing. Uh something that because you know, when it comes to the Titans, the storylines are all the same. It's a whole book under pressure, you know, David Feeder, what's he doing? Yada yada yada. Uh, something, something, Jamal Fogarty. Nothing, nothing at all. It's it's things like Toby Sexton, who has got one of the biggest boots in the game. He kicked for 711 metres in that game. Um, phenomenal effort. And if you're watching it, it was massive kicks out of his own end. But no one was chasing it. No one at all. And, you know, it's it, it you've got one of the best boots in the game. The only way that you're able to effectively utilise that is, you know, Chase the kicks. Yeah. Get in there, you know? Like, make sure that there's something that the fullbacks got to open themselves up to. Because, you know, Cody Nikarima, he ran for 156 meters He's that running. game. He, and that's like, that's not even his main position. No. Actually, the entire South back line, all of them hit 100 meters. Uh, the person with the least meters in the South back line was Tane Milne with 131. Whoa. So okay. That's. So you had Jackson Paulo with 172, Johnston with 160. You know, it was just, they were just flat out letting the back line run amok because absolutely no one was doing anything to contain him. And, you know, obviously everyone's going to start talking about, oh, well, what about, you know, Jamal Fogarty at the Raiders? How's Toby Sexton going in that seven jumper? Toby's been doing great. Yeah. Toby's doing everything he can. He's... There's some... there is some yeah. instances where, like, oh, okay, not maybe the best idea, like, that kicks out in the full. But yeah. It's the entire team that's not the greatest. I said it in the discussion. Yeah. Defensive line speed was just... That was abysmal as well. It was... Yeah. It was the Rabbitohs game entirely. It was... They, they did what they want. And on another note for Sexton, he's forced 20 dropouts this season, which I'm pretty sure is the most in the league. And yeah. when you have a guy... At his age, you know, that's coming into that, he's it's he's clearly not the problem. He's doing everything you can really ask for. He's quite a vocal seven as well, especially considering his experience. And um, the rabbits were only really gaining meters off one offs. So cookie, yeah, to a forward, cookie to a forward, and they're just continuously gaining meters. Walker or Ilias would put in a attacking kick. And then the Titans have to work it out of their own end. Like, really, yeah, the right. only one I was seeing effort out of was Tino and Sexton, that entire game. Yeah, well, the, the Rabbits only had nine offloads that whole game, so it's not like the Titans were in disarray because of a bunch of second-phase plays. You know, it was... It wasn't the case. It was... They were, like, the Titans, they had more offloads than the Rabbitohs did. They had more chances at second phase play, that, you know, trying to expose into that broken defensive line, which you can see that they did do a bit of the times. Uh, you know, Greg Marzu, he 
272 run meters, 15 tackle busts. I mean, 15. Sorry? 272. Holy hell. And 15 tackle busts. 15. Okay, wow. A lot of guys are happy to get 15 in an entire season, let alone a singular game. So that's Greg Marzu with one of the single best backline performances we've seen all year. And, you know, if you've got anyone in the... If I had to choose the two best wingers in the competition to start a set with, it'd have to be Marzu and Toto. And that's not just based on okay. a singular game from Marzu. It's the fact that he, you know, he does this, um, you know, time and time again. He averages 157 metres this year. I'm just checking Marzu's super coach points, so 92. Okay. He's, he's pretty much Talakai in wing form. <laughs> he, he puts up insane numbers and no one really pays attention to it. Don't so say that. that. The... Twitter will become a ranting station. It's it's true that Greg Mar- fifteen tackle busts. It's ridiculous, you know. And you look at the other members of the Titans backline. Even Azarko. Lots of people thought Azarko played terribly. Um, mm. I think Azarko is one of those guys where his decision making faults him sometimes. But yeah. I don't think it's his effort that faults him. You know, I I think he's the guy that gives it a cold hard crack. I think he'll do decent under Bennett. Uh, he had one hundred fifty three meters. Uh, Masters had one hundred and eighty three. And the Titans backline, they actually did pretty solid yeah, wow. in terms of getting their meters. But it's just the fact that their forwards, they didn't do the same. You know, the backline was doing way more for it than the forwards were. And, you know, when you're getting flogged in line speed, what, what, can, what can you do? Yeah, you can't do anything. And that's what's so good was about the Bunnies. They were just able to keep momentum, shorten, compress the defensive line, go out the back, and that's how AJ was able to just like to score all his tries. That's how everyone was able to score their tries, really. Yeah. Uh, once again, I was really impressed with Ilias. Um, he just, he's got that nice little grower on him. He engages the line. He just does all the small things that you want. He can run the ball well, too. He averages 75.8 running meters, which is pretty decent for a halfback. Um, I was pretty excited and pretty happy with the Ilias and Sexton battle. I think that Sexton is probably the, Better guy just based on his kicking, but Ilias, don't don't sleep on him. I know that everyone's comparing him to Reynolds, but I think he did a pretty solid job. I, I hate people. Um, oh, I do it sometimes too, and I kick myself. But if you compare a rookie and a really great player, like people were, were comparing Latrell and GI. Um, oh, all the time. People were comparing Cobo to Latrell to GI. And then comparing Cobo to GI, and it was yeah. obviously it's ridiculous because now Cobo, he's like he's our age. <laughs> yes, which is insane. Pretty, and he's playing yeah, exactly. Origin. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, he's doing pretty well in Origin too. Yeah. So that's Lachlan Elias. Really excited to see how he goes over the next few years. Same with Toby Sexton and a few other guys, like some guys who have made the names for themselves, like Dearden and Walker. But it's also guys like Brad Schneider. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty cool years over the next few years for seven. It's going to be that return of just having solid guys around that go under the radar, you know, kind of like what Aiden Caesar was. Well, I think people are saying, oh, there's a drought of quality halves. And I'm like, you're just not looking hard enough, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I think quality halves. But yeah. you have these blokes who have a lot of potential. It's just they're 
they don't have the space to be recognized because they have people in front of them. Yeah. And they can't no, experience because of it. Yeah, well, hundred percent. I think we see that, you know, Fogarty's gone on, but that's come out with Toby Sexton, who I think doesn't get his credit. Neither does Lachlan Elias. I think they're both fantastic halves and, you know, it was an exciting matchup. Both of them yeah, I thought did pretty well to steer their sides around a bit. Um, but it just came down to things like the line speed, which, you know, the, the Titans realistically should have fantastic kick, um, kick chases just because they've got Sexton there. Yeah. You know, you look at the, you look at Penrith, you know, Cleary puts up ridiculous kicking numbers. And when that happens, the guys chase and their field position's fantastic. The Blues did it all last year. Oh yeah, that's what killed us. It was ridiculous. Mm. Different result oh, here, which I'm happy about. But, Very. Um, look, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this game. It's pretty straightforward of what this game was. Don't you? Would you agree? Um, the Titans and Rabbitohs. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was, yeah, just one percenters. Rabbitohs outdid that, and subsequently they were able to pile on the points. Alex Johnston, absolutely brilliant. Um, Greg Marzu, brillianter, probably the best player on the field. Um, <laughs> obviously didn't translate because of the Titans kick chase, they weren't able to really get that many opportunities. And as you can tell, kick chase is very important of how many times we've repeated it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of the main things in the game. You know, you, you want field position. You, you need to get that done. Yeah. It's, if you do not have field position in, I think the first 20 meters, you can, you can probably kiss your game goodbye. You want pretty much even territory. So yeah, it wears balls a lot as well. Um, moving on to what should have been the match of the round, but it wasn't, uh, it was today's game. Oh, absolutely. Storm versus Chooks for Saturday. Um, look, I think. Everyone, everyone's origin players backed up in this side, um, except Xavier Coates, who will be out for two months with an ankle injury. He devastating. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he has had surgery or is set to be having surgery in the next two days. Hmm. Um, but two months, that's just finals, isn't it? I think so. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if the Storm make the finals. Oh. <laughs> it almost feels like a stupid thing to point out. But it's it's yeah. quite obvious they'll be there. So They've only had the finals once, and that was the salary cap year. That was when they saved the Cowboys from the spoon. <laughs> so you love them for uh, that. Would have, yeah, yeah, that would have been a Jonathan Thurston wooden spoon year. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. But so, no. Fifteen. Oh, he'll come. Melbourne carrying Queensland once again. <laughs> That's it, Cags. Um, just looked it up. Coates will be back around round twenty four, round twenty five. So final two weeks of the season. Oh yeah. So that'd be good. He'll get some game time before finals, which I think he'll he'll need. Um, but look, we we've said it so much this episode. Outside backs dominated this round too. Um, it was was not the usual suspects either. No. Uh, if you look into a lot of pre-game threads before the Roosters and the Storm, you know, what the Storm people were saying is we're probably going to lose this because of our back line. But instead, you've seen the complete opposite. 
that was a dominant performance from Iremaya and Sebe on the wing. Um, Iremaya had 159 meters and eight tackle busts. Sebe, 173 and nine tackle busts. Michael. Um, look, Storm just played tip so fast. Um, the drive mm -hmm. at, is it Sebe? How you pronounce it? Yeah, Sebe. Sebe? Um, they just shortened the defensive line in the middle and then just boom, quick play the ball from Nas. Um, that Walker rushes up on Hughes. Hughes pass immediately passes off to Meany. Meany challenges the defensive line and Sive. He's just too fast. He's too hot. Um, Meany just passes out onto his, uh, outside shoulder to make sure Sive can run. Palms off the Momoroski and just goes straight over. Mm. I think another thing to note is Felice Gafusi, I thought played a fantastic game, especially backing up from Origin. Uh, yeah. He he had a lightning quick play the ball in Origin. I think it was like sub three seconds or something like that. It was ridiculous. And he obviously kept that form up. You know, he played the 80, he got a try, a try assist ran for 124 meters. You know, he just he did everything that you could realistically ask for him to do. And it was fantastic. And, you know, your, your second rowers being able to make the meters, get the quick play the ball. And that was one thing that kept the roosters scattered. You know, it gave the opportunities for Hughes, Monster, Meany to start trying to exploit some gap. Yeah, Stormer are just spreading the ball is what they yeah. like, they love to do. And always yeah. its teams. Um, what they were running there is it had Munster at first receiver, Hughes at second, and it's got a 76. So it's where your halves combine. And usually you'll, you'll have an LJ on the outside. So then your second rower will... Understand. When you say LJ, is that something jockey, I think? Yeah, uh, lead jockey. Lead jockey, okay. Yeah. So then your center will run jockey and then your second rower will run lead. But what they did here is what Roosters would have been expecting there. They actually went under Sue Kafusi, which and Kafusi ran a brilliant line. I think he's run a really great line runner. And it was just, he was just able to go under. He was just able to score mm. right. So great, um, play by the two halves and Kafusi there. Uh, a lot of people hate on Kafusi. Uh, maybe that's because of like his, how he presents himself on the field. Like, I mean, he can be a bit grubby at times, but he's actually mm. a very smart and, uh, high, a high workhorse within the storm team. And, uh, next year, the storm lose both their second rowers in the Brom in Kenny Bromwich and Kafusi. So two new I think Dolphins will be better than people expect. Look, uh, that forward pack they have looks tremendous. I would say not just that, but they've brought in guys like Gilbert who, you know, long-term are really going to be looked at as leaders within a club. You know, Tommy Gilbert, he's, he does so much for the Cowboys. So that's going to be an absolutely fantastic culture that Wayne's building. hundred percent. Um, culture is success in my opinion. Um, and they signed the Bombers mm -hmm. brothers. I looked at it and was like, okay, they have leaders. Good to go. Now get your, get your boys ready. And, um, they have, look, I think Isaka will play fullback and then they signed Jamie Marshall King recently for hooker. So their spine is shaping up like some development needed. I, but it's looking promising. I think they've got Katoa, who's probably going to play the six. Oh, yeah. I think that's great players. And 
If not, you know, probably go and try Milford Cheerios. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, Milford and Metal. It's not like they nearly won a premiership together, but you know. <laughs> um, no. Next game. Oh, is... we have to talk about Roosters for one quick second. Okay, um, absolutely. Look, when Kiri went off for that concussion, uh, oh, it did it not look good for Roosters? No, it was, that was, no. Um, no, it was, it was terrible to watch. Um, you especially don't want to see it with a guy like Kiri as well. Yeah. He, there's lots of people I think say that he's not really a seven, but I think he's actually done brilliant in the role. Uh, he's been a great communicator. He's been digging into the line. He hits his guys nice and clean, makes good decisions, can run the ball. He was, he's, he's pretty much been be great. He was shaping exactly. up the ends. Me to put up his hand first and be like, yep, I'll take this one. And just set up, yeah. be the director of what the Roosters needed. But Neil. He's, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to do that when you're on the field. Because 30 minutes in, you know, it's, yeah, it's not good. Actually, I just especially this. with his career history as well. You have to wonder whether yeah. that means for the rest of his career, you know, do we see Kiri again? Who knows? And like what Fox said, Thursday, honestly, they did make some good content this week. I know people love to hate on Fox, but um, they said, look, with the retirement of Jake Friend and Boyd Cortner last year, they can't, they can't take this lightly. And they won't. It's the Roosters. They will always yeah. take this. About your health comes first, footy comes second. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I agree completely as well. You know, the Roosters, they, they don't play around with uh, concussions off the field because, you know, there's a lot of other teams that probably would have just kept running their guys into the ground. Uh, but, you know, they've obviously gone, all right, this isn't, this isn't good. Um, with Kiwi's now, with Kiwi now injured, uh, we expect uh, Walker to go to seven and they need a 5-8. And I, I, I think a lot of people have this on their mind. Joey Manu at 5'8", can you imagine that? I can imagine it, and I think that's a possibility, but I also float this alternative to you. Sandon Smith has been playing seven at for the North Sydney Bears, and uh, the Roosters obviously do rate him because they retained him instead of Ronald Volkman, who's went to the Warriors. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see Sandon Smith, what he does. Uh over the next few years, because he played that trial for the Roosters earlier this year as well. Yeah. Um, if this means he comes into the team, probably not. I think the Roosters have all right depth, but if so, I'd, I'd be pretty happy to see that. Um, it'll be a very young us pairing, but, you know, when you have guys like, you know, Rhea Hargreaves out there taking care of your players, uh, I think it's easier to blood younger halves than, say, if you're like, a team that is struggling in the forwards. Yeah. Uh, they, Roosters did struggle in the forwards this game because they had uh, Hargreaves out and Victor Radley. Mm. But also, Big Nas is a huge inclusion for the Storm and him being there. Just He's massive. Yeah, I West... never want to come up against that man. I think it's also funny, now that we're in the halfway point of the season, it's making all the articles that said that Nas and Jace weren't going to play because of their vaccination status. Very silly <laughs> because they, they're, they're quite clearly both playing rugby league football for their respective teams. Yeah. Um, is it next week that Tonga and the Kiwis play against each other? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure, but I hope so. Because that, 
Yeah, no, exactly. I think it's, you know, international rugby league has been fantastic the past few years with the amount of people that are choosing to play for the other Polynesian nations. So hopefully everyone steps up and it'll be a great game to watch when it happens. Yeah. Um, look, we have to move on because mm-hmm. even though I don't want to move on to this game, we have to. And we'll we'll keep it short and sweet. Please. Yes, please, please. Um, um, I'll say my juice first because... Yep. Look, I'm, I'm very passionate about the Raiders. I have the 89 grand final jersey behind me, but... You guys can confirm. Forwards, our forwards were good again. Joey Tarpany, holy hell, that man is a beast. He's got to be one of the best forwards in the comp, hands down. Um, I said on someone else's post, uh, Big Boys Sport page, that's who it was. Um, he, he we, we were discussing and... We came up four names. We came up with Haas, James Fisher Harris, Tarpany, and who was the last one? I think it was. Hang on, let me go look find a comment. But uh I also think Corey Horsburgh played like good for us. He scored that try. Um, I think yeah. his mentality has gotten a lot better over the past year and a half. Um what what do you reckon about that? Uh, I agree completely. And as you can see, he was a machine. He took 20 runs, 17 hit-ups for 180 metres. And so that was paired with Tarpany, who took 18 hit-ups for 243 metres. Um, Cotter They're was both... the fourth name, by the way. Cotter, yep. I, I agree with that. I'd even throw Carrigan's name in the ring. Um, yeah, he'll be in the lock. Yeah. He'll be in the... Oh, it depends. They, they kind of throw him around everywhere. Oh, yeah, they do play him at lock in... Um, Clublands, but the Broncos are one of those teams that kind of uses their lock as an extra prop, as opposed to a mm. more mobile ball player like the Roosters or uh, Penrith. Um, Carrigan, he backs up to the the stats. Two important stats from the two games he played in the week: three hundred and fifty-three meters and eighty tackles within two games. That is Origin and uh, Broncos versus Raiders. How does this man do it? Bro, and he's coming back from an ACL injury. Exactly. And he played 68 minutes. It's, there was that. And I think Cotter played the 80 in origin as well. Yeah. That's insane. But Carrigan has, he's been an absolute monster. And, you know, we've, we've spent so long talking about how Haas is one of the best props in the league, but when he's out, you know, the Broncos, they still step it up because Carrigan, he's, he's coming for that title. He's. He wants everyone to know he's one of the best middle forwards in the league and he's doing a fantastic job at it. Um, it's one of the most solid middles in the game and it's an absolutely massive treat for Queensland to be having, you know, Arian and Cotter oh. in that lineup. It's going to be a good series, I can tell. Oh, absolutely. I'm- I also want to say Thomas Fleger also played a fantastic game. He came off the bench, played 52 minutes, 16 hit-ups for 196 metres. Corey Jensen was fantastic too, 12 hit-ups for 136 metres. The Broncos forwards have been doing a fantastic job at stepping up and playing a platform. And I think that's part of what kept the Broncos and Raiders game so tight. Because that was, you know, if you're someone who's really interested in kind of the chess game of how, you know, forwards and their powerful running can get the team's field position right that's that's one of the best games of the season for it because 
you had so many absolutely brilliant high running guys on there doing their jobs. Papanay, Horsburgh, uh, Papali'i, Jensen, even Carradine. Oh. Like, uh, that's, that's not even mentioning Payne Haas, you know, due to his injury. And so there, there are a lot of injuries to the Broncos as well. Dallium team of the year is going to be very, very competitive this year. Give it to everybody. Oh. Give everyone a participation medal at this point. It's too hard. People just nag on Dallium because I do agree in some states. It is a popularity vote, but. We are. Brandon Smith winning hooker of the year last year was a bit debatable. Yeah. I don't... He had a great year, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But he only played like a couple of games at hooker, did he not? Yeah. He, he played a lot of the season at middle forward. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, in that block role. So that was that was probably what got me. But either way, it was, you know, it's, it's, cool, it's hard to say that. We did. Yeah, it. Good on him. Yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, you can't really say that he didn't earn it because he still put in some fantastic performances when he did. Yeah. So. Um, We'll go back to Broncos. Ezra Mayim is that, is, oh, bro, he is the future of the Broncos. He scored. His try was fantastic. Oh. Pure eyes up play. It was just receive the ball, look at the defensive line, work with what you're given. He and broke Elliot White on his ankles. He did. He did. It was, it was fantastic the manner in which he did it. He's just, it's that first and, you know, watching the hips. Where's your defender moving? Just yeah. wrong putting him and he nails it. Exactly did it at Herbie Farnworth's second try. Um, they're in the middle of the field and they, they start running LJ, you know, as, as you would on a, when your line is shortened. Anyway. It's not a usual, how they play it out is very unusual. What they do is Reynolds gets the ball. Mm -hmm. And then you can see, um, the Raiders start communicating. It was like, all right, I'm going to go for his Skype. He said, may go short. That the two blokes with miscommunication on the same lead runner then takes as a meme, a couple more meters to like run the ball. And then he sees, I think it was Keenan Palacia. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of going out the back to Martin, he goes short to Palacia. Palacia runs through our center. And then our winger has to come in field. Palacia gets the offload to Martin. Martin runs it, passes it to Herbie Farnworth. And he just outruns all the Raiders. And it was, oh, it was really good to see. It was just clever rugby league. Yeah, no, I know the feeling. Uh, last year, there were a lot of times where the Cowboys got the short end of the proverbial stick, and I think the only solace of it was being able to watch how good some rugby league teams can be. Uh, that was, as you said, it was just brilliant. As a man, oh wow, a lot of a lot of high hopes for that bloke. Um, I think, mm. I think they just found their halves paying for the next three years. To be honest. Yeah, pretty much, you know, depending on whatever Reynolds is doing. But he's he's definitely a great guy to pair with him. And it's sad for Tyson Gamble, but, you know, I wouldn't... You wouldn't mind using Tyson Gamble as a 14 if you ever think that Corey Pays is getting ready for that main hooking role. Yeah. You see, Gamble brings a lot of heart to the club. And, you know, he's undefeated this year. That's another fun fact. Good Tyson on. Gamble has not lost a game this year. Mullet power, am I right? 
Mullet power, 100%. Seven on the trot for the Broncos. Big congratulations to those boys. Well deserved. Yeah. That's two Queensland teams in the top eight now. Yeah, top four. Um, two, top four. Yeah, exactly. And then the Titans Meanwhile, are the little brother. We don't care about the Titans. Yeah, well, the, the Titans are actually now in last place due to the result of today's game. Oof, unlucky boys. Uh, the next game, there's, there's not really much to say. Um... Just Ruben Garrick went absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, 206 meters, 76 of them post contact, seven tackle busts. <laughs> this guy isn't the first choice fullback. No. He's, he's the second guy. And he's doing that. He's fantastic. A, he's so powerful while running, too. He's like, Turbo's got that power. But, and mm. you see, Turbo likes to run through the middle a lot more, while Garrick will go to the edges and add that extra man for defensive lines. And with this mm. one, he, um, he just backed himself, inserted himself in the right, grabbed the ball. Uh, he thought about handing it over to his winger, didn't, and just went straight over and just brushed the um, defender off. Yeah. Well, he used to play fullback in the lower grades uh, back when he was with the Dragons in their development. Yeah, I can see that. And you can really tell he's his involvement has been actually quite nice at fullback. I think he's been a great guy to have in that team. Um, Another person who has been great, you know, no DCE, no Turbo. It's like, oh, okay, this may be a close game. Nah. Upsteps Orokawatu. Olakaratu, <laughs> Riff, one try, 179 meters, three line breaks, 73 post-contact meters, 12 tackle breaks. 12 tackle breaks. This is ridiculous. This, this guy is, has the opportunity to pick either yeah. New South Wales or Tonga. Two, I, I think, oh, two representative uh, teams want him, and he has to choose. He can go. Does he? I'm pretty sure you're allowed to play for lower C nations and yeah, your but, state rep. Um, there's also the Tongan vs Kiwi game and Origin. Oh, that. Oh, that's he. He absolutely. He was a machine. He was oh. a man possessed in that game. Uh, we've obviously everyone knows that Hamoli's been playing well, but that's that was next level. Um, he. The Tigers really just did not get anything to work with at all. There was just no chance that anyone was getting anything done against the Manly Pack on that day. That's another issue that the Tigers had with their forward pack. You know, Hastings has been brilliant at steering the team around, but if you, your team's not going forward, there's only so much you can do, and that's pretty much revealed itself there as well. You know, you look at the Tigers. Who who had the most meters for them? It was Ken Romalo with 172. Wow. Yeah, no, well, that's... And the the person with the next most meters uh, was Alex 12 with 161. And it was a surprisingly good bench performance. Uh, We all know him for his tackling prowess. He had 44 tackles with none missed. Um, But his running hasn't been something he's been known for, but he, he did pretty well. But yeah, then after that, it was another winger again. And that was Nofaluma with his 150. And then after that, it was Hastings with 142. Right. So, how many touches did he have this week? Because he has like a certain um, amount. 
he does. He's he's averaging in the nineties, which is it goes Hastings, Ben Hunt, um, three continents, and then the next guy. It's he's he gets a ridiculous amount of touches. I'll get up his touches numbers now. Oh, because uh, it'll be interesting to see how he went. While you do that, I have so Blocker Roach posed a great question in the commentary on this game about Okuratu yeah. saying that mm-hmm. if he chooses to represent Tonga, he can also play for New South Wales. But yep. Blocker said, would you, but should we start considering Tonga as a tier one nation? Uh, it's, it's nothing to do with the quality of players. It's to do with the consistency of success, um, at the high levels. If we start seeing over the next few decades in particular, that Tonga starts to, cause you know, they've had some administrative troubles as well. Uh, but if we start to see that things get better for them in that respect and they start to get pretty more success at World Cups, you know, reaching finals, even if not winning them, that that's pretty, pretty spot on. Uh, also, as for Hastings, he had 73 touches, which is, you know, insane for any halfback, but quite low for Hastings. Yeah. So he had 72 the week before, but the week before that was 97. Uh He's, yeah, he doesn't seem to be touching it as much now, uh, but that's, you know, eventually that's going to happen, I guess, because, you know, you can't be too predictable in attack. No, and, you know, um, Luke Books does have to learn sometime that you will be the first choice option at times and you need to learn how to direct the boys when Hastings isn't there. Um, not saying that Books is not, is not saying that Hastings, sorry, isn't going to be there soon, but Brooks does need to learn. And I think learning under Hastings is what's going to be good for him. Yeah. Which we to say that because, you know, Hastings is, despite all the talk of him as kind of a veteran, he's actually still pretty young. Yeah, 26. Uh, especially, yeah, 26. And I'm pretty sure that's, is that around Luke Brooks' age or is that actually younger than Luke Brooks? I think Brooksy is... 30. Let me check that. Brooksy is 27. Hey. Brooksy is 27, turning 28 this year. Hastings turned 26 a few months ago. Jeez, so I think that's... Luke Brooks has been playing forever, though. It does, and I think that's because he down he, he started playing pretty young. Okay. Uh, but that's... Well, so yeah, Hastings is the younger guy, and he's the one that... Uh, admittedly, looks a bit older than twenty six. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no dig at him. It's just the beard. <laughs> it's just the beard. It's just the beard. It's what it is. He he looks like a he looks like a hardened veteran. You know, he looks like um, uh, old mate from Far Cry. I can't remember his name, but you know, he Jackson Hastings looks like he could tell you some mad story. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Is it Far Cry Five? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. One of the seed guys. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know it's our will. Yeah, we'll post it. Got to get a photo with that. But yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Another one for um, NRL Premium Plus. <laughs> uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna post that there. Oh. All right, Knights first Penrith. We are, we'll talk about this game quickly because it's like just another throwaway game. It was honestly, yeah. it, it was very predictable. You know, the yeah. two teams played in round three. Um, it was a close game, but this that was round, when. When Barnett did the thing, when Barnett did the thing that got him suspended for thing. a month and a half. Uh, I thought Milford played really well once again. He actually touched the ball heaps. 
um, I think it was in the 40s, his touches. Uh, forced to drop out, had a few tackle busts, ran for like 80-something metres. Another really good game for Milford in what is an incredibly beaten team. Yeah. Beaten they yeah. were. Losing Cameron Ponger in the first 15 minutes. That's That was not a nice thing to see, um, the way that happened. You know, getting absolutely trampled. It was he like the running of the balls. by kick out. He was... Oh, and I think I just want to say absolutely massive balls from Kalen to even put himself in the defensive line for that. You, know, you always hear that talk about, oh, Kalen Ponga can't tackle, he doesn't defend, he doesn't put in effort. Rubbish. Oh. How many guys do you think put themselves in the line willingly for that? If I saw Billy Army kick out running at me, I'd cry before he even got there. That should be the so. thing at um, the grand final this year. Run it, <laughs> run it kick out. See how long you survive for. <laughs> Last guy to show that wins 10,000 bucks. <laughs> Stuff super coach. Do that. Get, in, <laughs> get into it, Blandies. Oh. No, but that's that was remarkable. Um, The fact that he put it in. Hopefully, KP is okay. Uh, uh, I don't think his headgear really was of much use in that situation. No. I don't think it ever would be. He could have worn free welding. It doesn't really help with your concussions. I think that's everyone knows that people keep saying it does, but it's just a cosmetic thing because you know it's your brain rattling around in your brain. It's like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like NFL. Like people say, oh, they're fine, they're wearing helmets. No, your brain is rattling inside your head in that helmet at the same time. You, yeah, exactly. Concussion in that sport, you're pretty much stuffed for the season. Yeah, now especially we see what happening in CT there. Uh, Jay Clifford, he ran the ball three times for 16 meters. Which, not a lot at all, but it feels really incongruent with the eye test because I think there were certain points in the game where he was engaging the line where he did look like he was a pretty solid threat taking the ball forward. Cliffo, uh, once again, I, I, I did not really bring him home. Uh, you, I don't know what you can expect from Jay Clifford when his team's doing that. You know, he's kicked for 509 metres. Really impressive, once again, but he also... Kind of got out kicked by Cleary with his 745. I saw that. Um, that is holy hell. Insane. And obviously, you know, the, the Penrith, their one percenters, their kick chasers, it, every meter that Cleary kicks for might as well be three meters on any other team because of how good their kick chase is. Bro, Dylan Edwards has been like a monster at kick returns this season. He's been insane. If there wasn't an award every week, uh, Awarded as the person with the most kick meter returns. You all, all you have to do is don't look at the stats and just give it to Edwards every week, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, Bizarre also had a fantastic game 268 meters and two 81 of them post contact, 11 tackle busts. He had the two tries. And that's, yeah, phenomenal game. Uh, Milford's tackling, also want to talk about more 21 tackles. Pretty solid effort. But look, I saw something, someone on Twitter say, Knights are bad, their middle defense is bad, but their edge defense is worse. I'm like, look, that sums up the entire game, but look, I, we said it a couple of weeks ago, their forwards, they got some good forwards in there. Like they have former but, rep stars. Yeah. Their forwards individually are quite solid. But as a coherent pack, you know, they're not 
it's it's not kind of that next man up mentality with their hit ups the same thing that the Broncos have, where you know Haas goes down, okay, well suddenly Carrigan's the man, Corey Jensen's the man, everyone does their job, and the Knights they're not really doing that. And so I think it's a shame because it's not as if the Knights' spine is terrible, you know, it's not as if they're stuck with some porters that can't create. You know, you've got Kalen Ponga, you've got Jake Clifford, you've got Anthony Milford. Those are a bunch of guys who can absolutely create. So it's, it's, I think the Knights just annoy me because of the potential that doesn't really get capitalized on. Yeah, I don't know. Look, um, oh, I just looked it up because I was very intrigued about this. Only two forwards ran for over 100 meters. David Clemmer and Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Yeah, wow. That's, that is not. The other prop, Jacob Saifidi, which is Daniel's brother. Daniel is the rep star. Jacob uh, is usually <laughs> the one on the bench. He ran for 51 from seven. Red wow. David Clemmer ran for 13, 411 meters. Yeah, wow. That's, um, Geez, you, you, you just really want more from your forwards. Oh yeah. I guess. And that's, it's not, it's not an individual thing. I guess it's just a team thing. It's just getting everyone to fire up and don't get me wrong. You know, against Penrith, you're going to be absolutely smashed by line speed, but you've, you've got to do something. And, and that's the, how much all you can say for the game, really just the clobbering. If I would describe this game. In three words, would be Penrith being Penrith. They just have it oh. because they played. Look, I'll say this just to add one more thing. Luai and Cleary took Origin, like, it was like, okay, we need a wake up. This is a wake up call. They took it as a wake up call and they did that in this game. The first try they scored was just like pure footy brain. There's nothing structured about it. It's just like, let's just rip and tear. And I go give them admiration for that. Yeah, well, I. I would even argue that I don't think that Cleary and Luai actually were bad in origin. I think just the Queensland defense and their line speed meant that they didn't have any time to make any decisions or use any footy brain. Mm. Um, whereas compare that to against the Knights, they just had that extra second of time where they were able to read the defensive line and they used that pretty wisely. Um, look, they were just defeated on the field. They're defeated mentally, even that coach. Um, yeah. O'Brien just doesn't, he's he, not loving his footy. He bagged out 20 years of the club. And I'm like, bro, you haven't even been there for 20 years. You've been there for two to three years now. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, you look at the Knights, their fans obviously aren't happy. And not just that, but, you know, that their fans show up. You know, like that's that's a very loyal fan base that oh. I have. You, you can't ban those clothes. You can't really say that they're bandwagoners. You can't bag them for that because they keep showing up. They just keep showing up. Have it been like this when they haven't made the grand final in 21 years it's, and they've been knocked out of the final every year for four years. Yeah, they're, they're not having much fun. And for him to talk about the 20 years, you know, it's it's hardly as if the Knights have just been bathing in mediocrity. You know, you've had guys like uh, Gidley. You've had even guys like Jared Mullen have brought a lot of promise to the club. I think Even they went to the, they, this club. 
Yeah, they didn't they go to like the preliminaries with Lane Bennett at one year or something? I, I don't know. So I remember seeing it a week months ago. When Lane Bennett was there, they had a forty eight percent win rate. And I'll have to look it up again. I'll 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 post it later this week, but I know they had a 48% win rate under Rain Bennett. And then they, after he left, mm. they had like two to three. In, tw- in, 20, in 2013, they finished seventh, but they made the preliminary finals under Wayne Bennett. There you go. And that was with, I think it was Tyrone Roberts in the halves. Oh, wow. Um, Roberts? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's all you really need to say. Um, the Knights. It's it's not as if it's just a culture of mediocrity of all time. It's just they're in that spot now, mm. and they're not really digging out from it. You know, every press conference, it's oh, we've got injured guys, we've got men on the back, but they're not. You know, talk about the one percenters. They need to talk about a development club. Yeah, we'll just uh, just start talking about the one percenters. Start talking about what you actually need to do to fix the edge defense. You know, because that's the same situation. You know, it's Todd Payton last year had a terrible year um, by all accounts, especially the second half of the year. But as disappointed as he was, you know, he he knew what he was trying to do and he implemented it. He did that with the preseason. He brought in the people that were going to be leaders. And, you know, you see where they're going now. So, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of actually focusing on what needs to be focused on. Yeah. As you see, the Knights, they don't they don't look like a team that's happy. They don't look like they're enjoying their footy when they're out there. And you know, that makes sense. Nobody enjoys um Nobody winning. Enjoys oh, no one enjoys losing. But you know, when you it's what things like if you force a set restart, if you get a tackle, if you force an error, get into it, you know, look at what the Penrith boys do. Mm-hmm. Look at what the Broncos do, look at what the Cowboys do, that they're a tight unit and the Knights just don't really have that now. No, not at all. Um, yeah, look. They need a veteran in there. Like, I know David Clem is a veteran of our game now, but like, they need a veteran. like In the spine. Get, get someone in the spine. Because yeah. Milford, Milford's a great player, but he's not the one that leads the team around. And we saw this at the Broncos. Mm. Bonga, is he the one that leads the team around? Sometimes he is. You know, when we saw people route against the Cowboys, he was pretty much playing every spine position. Uh, he was everywhere. Um, but he's if he's not in the seven jersey, there's only so much he can do. You know, he's not James Tedesco. Uh, that's and that's not a bag of honor. It's just saying he's a different player. Yeah, he does different things in his game. Um, but it's it's a weird thing. Get those one percenters there. Get someone that's going to turn the culture of the club around. Because if it really is, you know, the twenty years that it's been going on, what's what's AOB doing to fix it? Except, yeah, he's. I don't know. He's, he was just complaining about it, which is, but that, that's outside looking in. Like he could be yeah. trying to do all this stuff inside and re- it's not getting reported. Yeah. We will never know. We're not a fly on the wall. No. AOB is AOB and all we have is just what he does in the conferences. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, another club who is just like in <laughs> at the moment, um, even the fact that their players are arguing after the game, on camera, which is, wow. What's, what happened there? Oh, did you not see? I didn't see it. So, so uh, Josh Cohen and 
SJ got into a little dispute after the game and it was caught on video while uh, DWZ was having this interview with Fox. So Cohen comes over, says oi to SJ and is like, oi, what the hell? And then SJ just um, shrugs him off and then Cohen walks away and just shaking his head. Jeez. Yeah. Even, you don't want to see that, especially because, you know, it's um, Aaron's first game back, and he's definitely been one of the forwards that was aiming up for the Warriors heaps. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, I I expect SJ to hang up his boots by the end of the year. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. That's a big call. It is a big call. Um, you you don't really know, obviously. SJ, it's really weird. Warriors fans, they're not happy with him at the moment. And understandably so, I guess. It's, it's hard to be happy with someone when you're not winning like that. I think he averages 53.4 running metres this season, which is only like four more than Chad Townsend. The only difference is that only one of those guys was signed because of their ability to run, and it wasn't Chad Townsend. <laughs> so that's... That's a real issue. He did have 78 running meters though in the last game, which is pretty impressive. And it's good to see that um, Daisy Jones must have had that conversation with him. Uh, another thing, I think, it was, it was that Watini's a Lesniak try. Um, the Warriors, they just they look kind of directionless at a lot of points, and you don't you don't really know what they're trying to do, what they're aiming up for. Um, it's it's just a weird club to watch. You know, the, the forwards, obviously, they're missing guys in AFB. I think they had BMM go off pretty early. Yeah. Lodges departure. Dislocated elbow for um, Ben. Geez. Uh They lose Matt Lodge because of contract disputes and not wanting, to go, not wanting to go to New Zealand. And then, of course, the ankle injury for um, AFB. Yeah, yeah it's... There's, there's not really much of a platform there. Yeah, no, I think everyone just seems kind of disappointed. I think now that Brown's gone and they've got Stacey Jones, hopefully there's enough people there that looked up to Stacey Jones for that to be meaningful. Um, I really hope so because it's the league's a good place when the Warriors are looking good. Yeah. And another thing I want to note, uh, Talakai, another massive game that no one's going to talk about as always because they're just going to say Talakai hasn't. It's a one-game winder. Uh, 218 metres, 89 post-contact metres, and four tackle busks of 23 runs. And a try. Yep. Uh, Matt Moylan, he looked fantastic as he, well. Holy hell. I think that was his one best game. Yeah. No, one try, two try assists. He just he saw what was in front of him, and he just made fantastic decisions every time. Now, usually, he's not the one rewarded statistically for it because, you know, he's always got the... It's always that extra guy that's pointing on the pass, whether it's Kenny or whether it's one of the senses. Yeah, I, I'm so Matt spoke about it a few weeks ago. He's been yeah. fantastic, Moylan. Yeah, he's been good. I think Nico just took a um, back seat and this one's like, hey, morning, you're going good. Lead the boys. Yeah, I, I don't even think I could say that because Heinz had 19 runs for 141 metres. It just oh, wow. didn't okay. pick up as much. For, I think we're so accustomed to Heinz playing well. Yeah, everyone's forgotten how well he's actually played this year. The, the amount of Supercoach fans I saw on Twitter um, <laughs> saying... He's, he's running it up, isn't he? Oh, no. They were actually like saying, shit, I didn't put the captain on Kiri. 
uh, on Cleary, like I was going to, damn it. And then nah, Cleary gets like over a hundred and Hines only gets like 62. So it wasn't even a bad game from Hines. No, nah, it's just super coach doesn't reflect what footy actually shows. Like yeah. Jerome Hughes, for example, one of the greatest top five fullback, no, not top five fullback, top five halfback at the moment. And he's clear. Oh yeah. He will be the Kiwi, the Kiwis, um, halfback for this season. Um, I expect him to play in the next couple of weeks for them. And he got awarded the, um, Kiwi player of the award last year. Kiwi player of the That's year award. Completely justifiable. Yeah. It was D, D was on fire. Yeah, that's... The more we talk about this game, the more I'm hyped for it. Yeah. Now, can we talk about the game that happened today now? Oh, look. Yes, we have to. Like, that. this game, holy hell, I was not expecting this from the doggies. Up the doggies. That was absolutely insane. Um, Jacob Graz uh, quietly put up 229 running meters. Good on the bloke. Even... It was... Amazing. Okay, look. Um, this was the round for the two boys to say, hey, for uh, Jerbo, which is Jack Dubovic, and yep. JAC to say, hey, look, you forgot about me, Brad Fittler. I think JAC more than stepped up to the plate. You got a hat trick. He, he did. And he did it. They, they weren't easy tries. You know, everyone talked about, you know, how was he going to go outside the storm system? He was no passenger. He, he goes out and he gets the game. He's one of those guys where the game doesn't come to him. He goes out and gets himself involved. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he absolutely nailed it. Uh, Mike Acevo had a solid return. 130 run meters, 46 post contacts. Nothing nothing insane. And look, you can um, expect massive numbers from a bloke like Acevo, especially after an ACL reconstruction. Because yeah, exactly. I, I will say I this think, now. I have never done my ACL, but I have dealt with like leg injuries in the past. And the, uh, I could say it's about Lucuri at the moment. The confidence that you lose in like the first six months of playing sport again is massive. I am still coming off my ankle injury in December. I got surgery on it, got a complete full reconstruction on it. I am still very cautious to step and run on my right ankle. It is like scary and I have like a big sporting events coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I'm trying to get better on my ankle, but look, it will take time for blokes who come back from ACL injuries to find their form again. Like, and see that like I'm making a big deal about this, but like, I know Sivo's only played one game, but we have Adam Dewey coming back in a couple of weeks. We have Pappenhausen. So I cannot stress this enough. Do not expect big numbers from those blokes because they have to find confidence again in themselves to play like they have been playing in the past. A hundred percent. And I think that's something that we always see once blokes come back from injuries. Oh, they've gone invisible, whatever, but not really. Like it's, they're, they're still giving it their best crack. It's just that you're obviously going to be a bit tentative coming back from that. Cause you know, it's, it's an instinctive thing. Um, so that's another note that, Strapping I want to point out a big thing. Like people want to say, "Oh, strapping tape will be fine." No, you did not want strapping tape because that just like makes it like 
it puts confidence in it, but like it also weakens the ankle because you're relying on that stra strapping tape. Um, yeah. The NRL physio even said that while he was on Fox League. And um, also, a quick side note, make sure you shave before you put strapping tape on <laughs> because um, yeah. I was running water for my footy team a couple of weeks ago and I was like, all right, I'll just strap, strap it. Didn't shave. And then my mate Brownie had to come over and uh, ripped the strapping tape off me. And I am like, there's just a big area on my foot where there's no hair on it and it hurt like hell. I got a free waxing from it. So yeah, don't make sure you, you know, shave before you put strapping tape on. It's a funny story. <laughs> okay. I also want to point out that the Bulldogs only had two more run meters than the Eels. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So that's, that's a very even forward pack today. It really did come down to the fact that the Bulldogs, they were just icing their opportunities. Um, Avarillo was on fire. Oh, him moving the fullback. Holy hell. I I didn't expect that. No. But, you know, Mick Potter talked about how he's got the, you know, fullback coach working with Avarillo, just developing that. Mick Potter, I'm loving at the moment. He sounds like a guy with a plan. He's yeah. not he, He's not doing anything too cute. He's just saying, all right, focus on this. Make sure that our, you know, forwards are taking it forward. Get the halves the opportunity. He spoke about Flanagan getting the ball more, which has happened. You know, he touched it 71 times against Penrith. And there was that infamous question to Trent Barrett about whether there was a problem because, you know, the, the Bulldogs halves were the ones getting the ball the least in the comp. Yet Flanagan in the past few weeks under Potter has been taking it straight to the line. He's been getting heaps involved. Heaps involved. He's been getting involved heaps. Matt Burton as well, he had a fantastic game. He was absolutely giving it to Moses when he oh. got that tackle on him. And I think he threw, he threw a footy at him at one stage. He did. Uh, he did that. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. It was, I think it's going to be a fantastic rivalry. I can't wait until they play again. I was just um, on Twitter, but... Um... No, I was, I'm surprised that Kyle Flanagan was not the most lippy halfback on the field. Oh, he was. You know, oh, yeah. What? Everyone knows Flanagan for his talk and how chatty he can be. But Flanagan looked like he was the, a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> it made for great entertainment, though. It, it was. We were, uh, who was it that oh, a couple of us in the Cowboys group chat were like laughing at it, saying, oh, how good? Who was it? I'll have to have a look after this, but it's good. Um, Mick Potter, just on that, like what you said earlier, mm. you know how he said he's a man of a plan? Yep. Round one to 10 under Trent Barrett, 96 points scored. Round 11 to 14, 98 points scored. Wow. 11 to 14 is when Mick Potter took over. Oh, wow. That's... Um, <laughs> I think... He's made some smart decisions and you were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. You were abs absolutely in awe of Kyle, of Kyle Flanagan and how he was just like testing the mm. line, going up to it. Yeah, no, it was because, you know, it keeps your forwards honest because the problem before was that Kyle Flanagan, everyone knows he was a good communicator. He was, he was a solid player, but, you know, he wasn't really being that field general. But since Otis came in, he said to him, all right, this is your team, obviously. 
get straight to it. NGK Morland did that. Yeah, you know, and that's and look, um it was kind of confirmed that Fagden was only a link to Burton. And yeah. Look, I Burton's great. He played he did really good. Um he had three trices, twenty five tackles, four six hundred and forty five kick meters in this game. But now what I saw was like everyone was working together. They have a had a new mentality. And it was just awesome to see. Um good on him. You know, Padmatter didn't have the this is one thing that we have to address is that while this was a good game from the Bulldogs, remember Pam Matter did not play their best. No, they they have a tendency of doing this too when they kind of play to the opposition's level because, you know, we saw their loss against the Tigers. They were in last at the time and now the Bulldogs who were in last at the time, they've lost to them. You really do wonder where it goes wrong for Pam Matter in games like this. Yeah, look, just don't play them on a Monday and <laughs> like, honestly, they've lost both Monday games this year. So, you know, if you have them on a Monday game, make sure to turn up because you'll probably beat them after this yeah. year. Um, I hope there's no more Monday games for Eels this year. If there is, good luck to them. The fans have gone through enough. Yeah, look, 37 right. years without a premiership is a bit how you're doing, but you know, we all have to go through that some stage. Other than that, that's that's pretty much the round covered, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I wrote, what I'll a great round of analysis throughout the week of plays that I found pretty good. Um, mostly just like smart eyes up footy. Um, I'd, I'd love to see Moylan, his try assists and his try. I would definitely be doing that, though, not Rory. Um, look, I'm probably going to be shot by Matty Johns one day for how much I say eyes up footy because he hates that <laughs> saying. He but, does. It's so hilarious. He also hates spine. It's playmakers to him. He also hates six. It's five, eight. I, I just find it hilarious. Well, why don't they wear the number 58 on their jersey? <laughs> why did they not wear five over yeah, eight? Exactly. And it's that Matty Johns. Go on. Yeah, come on, son. Oh, uh, Matt, Matty's, he's absolutely a brilliant analyst, but I will continue to use the word eyes up footy. Yeah. I think the true, the true examples of Eyes Up Footy are, and this is my last note to listeners, go and rewatch Jonathan Thurston in 2014 against Keys Raiders. I'm sorry. Um, but the game's on YouTube, <laughs> the full match. Uh, the NRL uploaded it. And watch what Thurston does at six when he's watching the defensive line and he's bossing his halfback around. Milford also played absolutely fantastic. He was tackling a rampaging Jason Tellolo by himself at fullback. Who was the halfback at that stage? Was it Robert Louis? Uh the Cowboys, yeah, it was Robert Louis. Yeah. You know he's been playing for Blackhawks. Yeah, that was I do. Yeah. Uh that was that was when Morgan was a fullback for us as well. He came oh, in to replace he was replacing Lachlan Coote, who was replacing Matty Bowen. And that was when we all looked at Morgan and said, Oh my god, this guy is good. And the next year he became the five eight and the Cowboys became the Premiers. I I, I remember going this uh, it's not my earliest memory, but uh, Sharks first cows. Uh, it was still at 1300, obviously. Um, and I what remember Morgo at fullback, and we just like pumped the Sharks. It was so good to watch. Morgo is, he's a beast. Yeah. 
We, He's a beast. I always remember we had this um, Sharks fan behind us look saying, look out for the puny kicks, boys. I'm like, bro, shut up. You're up here first. And, and <laughs> I think that was the year they got, the Sharks got Wooden Spoon. They got Wooden Spoon around that time. Yeah, if, if Thurston kicks somewhere, he does it on purpose. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Um, I think that's it for today, I reckon. Yeah, look, I reckon two analysis-wise, but we've got our tipping for this week. Um, we do. I didn't tip it. I didn't post it last week because by the time I got my um, your results, it was Friday night. A bit late. We run. Yeah. Oh, well. That is. Paul playing on my I, behalf. I'll take that on the chin. Oh, I actually forgot there were eight games. So, <laughs> um, look, first game Thursday night: Dragons versus South Sydney. South, yeah. Um, Manly versus uh, Cowboys. Four eights at Brookvale. Cowboys. Look, I I think so too. I know I know it's Brookvale, but I think I think Chad Townsend has no fear. <laughs> And look, if Tommy Dean has newfound confidence, go at him, son. Let look out, Aaron. Instead of excluding Tommy Dearden, our entire spine is from New South Wales. I don't think Scott Drinkwater is scared of the cold. He played for Melbourne. I don't think Reese Robson is scared of the cold. He played for St. George. Holy. I don't think Chad Townsend is scared of the cold. He was, you know, he was born in Carringbar. He's lived there his whole life. He played junior footy around Cronulla, and he played most of his first grade there. Then that's not excluding the fact that he played in New Zealand twice. So I didn't even realise half three quarters of our spine was New South Wales. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, you watch the new when Robson gets picked for Origin game two. It goes Cowboys can't win without oh, uh, New South Wales win. I'm like, shut up, bro. That's, you watch. Don't, Fox, don't even Fox don't put it in the air. Don't put it in the air. Oh, all right. Storm that versus Broncos. Storm. Yeah. Um, Cronulla versus Titans. Like Cronulla. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand versus Penrith. I think we all know this one. <laughs> Up the bars. <laughs> uh, put me down as Warriors. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, Penrith. Okay. Let's say, um, yeah. ooh, okay. Magic around rematch, Parramatta versus Chooks. Look, Chooks. Yeah. I don't know. I think if Kiwi's out with this concussion. I'm, I'm taking, even if Kiwi's out, I think the Chooks get it done. Right. Uh, I'm going to go Parramatta. I just think Kiwi out, no Hargreaves, no Radley. Um, Eels want to come out and make a statement after the, today's. On bank, nonetheless. But. Combank, nonetheless. Home crowd. Uh, oh, this next one looks good. Shut up. I know what you're going to say. Um, Raiders Net versus Newcastle. Milford sweep. No, it'll be Raiders. It's GIO. Oh, good. Um, look, we don't know how... Oh. This is played Sunday, so one-week turnaround for concussion with KP... Yes, yeah, I don't know if KP plays or all, but I'm just going to go Raiders either way because, you know, they've been playing well. Uh, Fogarty actually played all right. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a big deal. Fogarty doesn't have to shoot the lights out. He just has to be okay. Yeah. Um, and he's he's been okay. Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I think that's 
it's theirs to lose. As a Queensland fan, I hope they rest KP for this game because I want him to be okay for Perth. Same. A hundred percent. KP was, he was one of Queensland's best players. He was oh. very involved. Great defensive positioning. He was rock solid under the high ball. I think people call KP overrated so much that he's actually become underrated. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Final game. This is going to be interesting. This is a tasty one. This is very tasty. Dogs versus Tigers. Oh, look. I don't know, eh? Um, Can they go Tigers? Really? I don't think the dogs do it twice. You know what? I hope they, I hope they do, but I don't think I they will. They do. And like, oh, look, I know I said don't ride the dogs yet, but I don't know. Do it. Let's do it. Oh, uh, you know what? Tip the dogs. Tip the dogs, you I'm, coward. I'm going to tip the dogs. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the spirit. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention before... We head off, uh, anything, any um, other projects you're working on? I know you've been pretty busy. Thought Drinkwater is the greatest fullback of all time. hundred percent. My super coach says. I think, it. nah, Scott, Scott's absolutely amazing. I hope he never leaves the Cowboys. Uh, just yet everyone go and check Cohen Hess's Instagram story. If you're listening on the Tuesday, um, pigs will post it. It's, it's a beautiful picture of, um, Tommy Dearden back to the training. Tommy Gilbert and Cohen Hess have missed him lots and they've decided to give Tommy a lot of kisses now that he's back. Um, all right, boys and gals, it's time to head off for us. Um, what do we love, Jacob? Our footy. We, we love, love our footy. footy. And until next week, we'll see you next week.